BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. We all know by now that atrocities were committed by Hamas on October 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel defends herself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes, entire communities torn apart, lives devastated by death and destruction. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, IFCJ, is right there in the middle of it every single day. They're distributing critical things like food, medicine, emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering people. The need is great, and that's why I'm here. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. If you want to give, and you should, go to supportifcj.org and give as generously as you can. Your gift will be matched to double the impact and help provide twice the support. Again, that's supportifcj.org. Supportifcj.org. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. We have an unhealthy thing going on in our country. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about hypocrisy when it comes to the lockdowns and finally, some juggling. All that's coming up next. I'm not going to dwell long on this, on the media problem we have because I want to get to this Afghanistan information in just a minute but it occurred to me right before I came on the show it is terrible for the country not for the left or for the right for the Democratic Party for the Republican Party what we have is terrible for the country and I find myself fascinated 
by what we have and why we have it. And this is what I mean by what we have. Over 90% newsrooms stocked with Democrats. Over 90%. Over 90% of the federal bureaucracy stocked with Democrats. I actually think it's closer to 94, 95%. I'm not even going to go into education, which is the biggest problem of them all, but just those two things alone. Think what that means. The federal government is all Democrats. The newsrooms are all Democrats. How are you and I ever supposed to get accurate information about anything? And not even just people on the right. People on the left, too. Other Democrats. If everything you get is funneled through the pro-Democrat lens, how are we ever supposed to get information? What's ironic about that, and it occurred to me, is this. We live in the ultimate information age. We've talked about this before on the show. If you are a person with internet access, you know that holding your phone in your hands in 2020 makes you the wisest person in the history of the world as far as access to information goes. You can find out how to do brain surgery on this thing, rebuild an engine, speak a language, whatever you want, in five seconds. So we live in the information age, but we almost have too much of it, and now you don't know what to trust. And now you don't know who to trust. You certainly can't trust the mainstream sources. You can't trust the left-wing sources, honestly. Especially over the past couple weeks, I'm losing a ton of faith in some of the right-wing sources. Let's consider, this is what I mean by right-wing sources, let's consider everything we've heard from election night on about voter fraud here and voter fraud there. Um, I'm on record as saying, yeah, clearly there was some voter fraud. There's always voter fraud. This one looks like it was probably ramped up. I don't know how much. I don't know if it changed the election. Neither do you. But what I do know is this. Every leftist idiot and never-Trump idiot has said, there's no voter fraud, just concede and move on. Okay, forgetting about those people. They always say that line. Whatever hurts Trump, those people always say. Forget about them. The people on the right, they've been all over the map on this and pushing out information so I don't even know what to believe. I don't know what to believe now. I, I saw this one attorney on a radio show came on and said, in truth, Donald Trump won a landslide with 70% of the vote and 400 electoral college votes. Okay, that's not even close to true. There's no chance that's true. So it's weird, isn't it? We live in a time where we have more information than we've ever had before, and we've never been dumber and less informed. I do this for a living. I have a production staff pulling together things for me for a living. We can't sift through all the stuff of what is real and what is not. It's awful. It's awful for me. It's awful for the country. I can't stand it. I want to know reality. I don't want you to sugarcoat things for me. I'm not a child. Give it to me right here. I want to know. But we're never going to know. And back to the mainstream sources, all being hard left, the problem with that is that's the only news the voter who actually decides the election consumes. It's the only news they consume. Senator Kennedy had this to say about it. He wasn't wrong. You'd have to be a special kind of stupid not to see the, the disparate treatment between Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump. I think since he, uh, since he was uh, selected by the managerial lead in the Democratic Party, I think the toughest question that Mr. Biden has been asked is, does he support children and prosperity? And uh, probably the second toughest question is, does he like ponies? Uh, and, and this is very dangerous for our democracy. It is dangerous. Because think about that. Let's set aside the treatment Trump got over the last four years. Forget about that. We're going to have none of that the next four years. You ask me... When I really woke up to how dangerous our media was, it wasn't how they freaked out under Donald Trump and every day is the end of the world and chaos and impeachment and everything else. It wasn't that. It was how they performed under Barack Obama. Or should I say didn't perform. The man's mired in controversy, taking these horrible, I mean, idiotic actions every day. And every day it's, tell me what enchants you about the Oval Office. I didn't make that up. Somebody actually asked him that question in a press conference once. We're going to have four more years of that where the president gets to exist without scrutiny. It's terrible for the country. 
where, I mean, look, this little, this little video clip from Cuomo, this is how Trump was treated for four years. You know what? You're right. And therefore, I amend my previous statement. When I said the USA does not stand proud, it stands defi divided, which is true. But it is impressive, Anthony, that the system has withstood a president lying his ass off about things that went wrong with no proof. You know, that's a big hammer that he swings. And he's got an entire half of the political system saying nothing, no matter how far afield his claims. That's a lot to withstand. But so far, the courts have stood to be blind to anything but law and fact. Mm. Lying. How many do you think we're going to hear say the president is lying over the next four years when President Biden and then President Harris are undoubtedly going to tell multiple lies? But it's, it's gone beyond the mainstream media sources. People seek out other news sources now. They seek out Facebook and Twitter. That's where especially the politically active people are. But Facebook and Twitter, remember, they got involved in the censorship game too. Listen to Senator Blackburn, and then you and I are going to have a little talk. You have used this power to act like you hold all the power, that you can make these decisions. You have driven this cancel culture because you have not called to account your moderators. You have refused to take responsibility for your employees and their actions, so thereby reining you in on the issues of privacy, data security, content moderation, liability protections, defining who is a publisher in the virtual space, that is up to us because you have proven you do not have the will, the strength, the ability, and you will not accept the responsibility to do it for yourselves. I'm not going to get into all that publisher platform stuff tonight, but I will tell you this. People are confused sometimes about why this person would censor or that person would censor. Oh, it's bad for their business. Why would Facebook censor? You want conservatives on there. You're, you're freezing out half the country on uh, Facebook or Twitter, whatever the social media sites are. That's because you think like a normal person. Remember this, and remember this well. Leftists, whenever they've gotten any power anywhere ever, from the most extreme examples to the most benign examples, the first thing they do is stop and silence dissenting voices, always. It's how they think. It's how their mind operates. It's not that they want to have a debate with you. They want you to never talk. And they really want it. It's ingrained in them. Have you ever tried to have an honest debate with one of these people? They'll tell you the sky is green. And you say, ah, actually, I'm looking at it, and the sky is blue. And you know what their response is? You Nazi racist! There's a reason they respond that way. They don't debate. They don't debate. It's, I get a voice, you don't get a voice at all. Now, sometimes it takes a very extreme form in places where they have extreme power. In places like America, what we have now is it takes more of a soft form. Oh, no, 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 I don't want you... I want you thrown in the gulag. No, we're just going to make sure your voice cannot be heard in public and you can't be employed anymore. Just little things like that. Senator Hawley continues making a name for himself. And I want to start by talking about an internal platform called Tasks that Facebook uses to coordinate projects including censorship. The Tasks platform allows Facebook employees to communicate about projects they're working on together. That includes Facebook censorship teams, including the so-called community well-being team, the integrity team, and the hate speech engineering team, who all use the task platform to discuss which individuals or hashtags or websites to ban. Let me see if we can refresh your memory and, and provide folks at home watching with an example. Here over my shoulder is an example. It's a screenshot of the task platform in use. You'll notice if the cameras zoom in, several references to election integrity throughout on these lists of tasks. Again, this is shared across Facebook sites, uh, company locations, by working groups. Creepy and Orwellian. And I'll tell you something. I don't want government to get involved in the media. 
I don't want them to get involved in social media. I want government to be small. However, and hear me out here, if I'm forced to choose between complete leftist control of the media or government getting involved, what am I supposed to choose? I don't want government in there ever. But if it's that or you get to silence me, they get to silence you, well, then someone's got to step in. But here's the sad part of it. I played you a bunch of clips there. Here's the sad part of it. We don't have the power now. Oh, I know we took back some House seats. Lord willing, we'll keep control of the Senate. But we had a Republican president, Senate, and House for two years. Two years we had it all. And what did they do about any of this? Nothing. No, there were speeches. Don't get me wrong. There were great little news hits. I'm very mad about this. I'm going to force this man to testify. But what did they actually do about it? Nothing. So I enjoy these. I think it's important that the public is going to see what is said and heard at these you know, hearings. But what am I supposed to believe you're going to do now? Or am I going to get that same old Republican line I've been getting for decades of soon, soon, next time, just next time, we will repeal Obamacare. We will defund Planned Parenthood. Always next time. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, CBD. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known. They're known to alleviate things like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. That's why I go the CBD route. But what do you even pick when it comes to CBD? CBD, which company? They're everywhere, aren't they? They are everywhere. You can't walk five feet without tripping over a new one. That's why Doctors Trusted CBD Company researched the whole industry and picked only the best. And that's what you buy on DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's why they teamed up with Be Best Organics, which is made in the USA. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Make sure you use the code JESSE. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. We'll be back. We do have some good news. Some really good news. Maybe? Trump made an announcement. Here's what it is. Top military advice is not, has been not to do it, especially in Afghanistan, uh, to draw it down to 2,500 troops. Commanders say it's just not time yet. They want to bring the troops home, but they say it's just not time yet. Uh, there is significant violence by the Taliban and real concern that the government of Afghanistan and Afghanistan security forces might not be able to withstand that Taliban violence if those higher numbers of U.S. troops are not there. Hmm. Well, one, that's great news, right? Trump's made an announcement. We're getting out of Afghanistan. And of course, the military commanders say it's not time yet. The Pentagon, they always use that word as if the Pentagon's a person. The Pentagon says, no, it's not time. The State Department says there will be a disaster. And my word, what if it's not time yet? What if the 20 years we've spent in Afghanistan just isn't quite enough time? It's a scary thought, right? I mean, think about this. What if we leave and Afghanistan is no longer this blooming flower of democracy that it is now? Yes, all that was pretty firmly tongue-in-cheek. I don't care what the commanders say. I don't care what the Pentagon says, the State Department says, the defense industry says. I don't care what this general says or that general says. I don't care what this politician says or what that politician says. If you can't get the job done in 20 years, then you can't get the job done. And you know what? It's not their fault. The job was not doable. You can't tame a place like Afghanistan unless your name is Genghis Khan. It has never, ever, ever been done before. It will never be done. It is a tribal, fairly violent, 
ripped apart society, very difficult to take over, mountainous terrain, people are distrusting of outsiders, and they view war in the long term. They view war generationally. They'll sit there with our base forever until we're finally gone. It was never winnable. And that's not on the commanders, actually, or the defense industry, or the Pentagon. I mean, partially it is. But for the most part, it's on all the leadership. How in the world do you send American men and women into a place like that to give up their lives, to give up their limbs, without a clear mission? We've been there for 20 years. Let me ask you something. You're someone who follows politics. You're looking at my face as we speak. Let me ask you, what's our mission in Afghanistan? You don't know. You know how I know you don't know? Because I still have so many friends in the various branches of the military, some of them currently in Afghanistan, and they don't know. They don't know what we're doing. So why are we there? I'll tell you why we're there. A couple reasons. One, we're there because of money. Make no mistake about it, this pipeline that goes from being a general to being a, a $500,000 a year board member in a defense industry company, back to being an advisor here, back, it's just this one endless pipeline of people back and forth who all want to stay there because that's where the money is. That's one, two, and don't, don't dismiss this, pride. Pride goeth before the fall. I think I've read that somewhere before. I can't seem to figure out where. Pride. One of the hardest things in the world is for people to simply say, I was wrong. How hard is that? It's hard for me. It's probably hard for you. I was wrong. And the problem when you're someplace for 20 years like that, that's a big oops. You see, you can get there for five months and say, all right, I was wrong. We need to leave. You commit 20 years, trillions of dollars, American lives to something. And then at the back end of it, say, whoo, my bad. We should have never done this at all. It's hard and we can't do it. We can't do it. I'm not convinced he's going to be able to get everyone out of there before he leaves office. And I'm not convinced we're ever coming home. And what's weird about this is there's not a single issue in the United States of America that unites both sides, except for Afghanistan. People on the left and people on the right are hopelessly divided, and they're racing in opposite directions every single day. Yet the one thing where they meet in the middle, the one thing, is coming home from Afghanistan. And yet the Washington, D.C. bubble wants to stay. So we stay. And I talk to you all the time about the system, how you can't fight against the system. Anyone who fights against the system gets attacked by the system and purged by the system. That's what you've seen for four years with Donald Trump. Every part of society trying to purge him, it's because he was a challenge to the system. Our system is so committed to staying in Afghanistan forever, I don't know what it's going to take to leave. I don't. But it's going to take a lot, I know that. Now... Let's set Afghanistan aside for a brief moment. Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom of California, this ambitious dude, wants to be president of the United States one day. Of course, because he's the California governor, he's basically a full-blown communist, wants to tell people what to do, what to say, what to wear at all times. And he's, of course, very, very, very concerned about coronavirus, except, ooh, Maybe he's not. You see, he tells you to be concerned. Always you should be concerned, right? Coronavirus is killing us all. Except he got busted having a nice private dinner at a table full of people. Some waitress took a bunch of pictures of him right after he got done scolding you about going out, about sitting down in a big group. He got busted sitting down in a big group. Here's his lame apology. A few weeks ago, uh, I was asked to go to a friend's 50th birthday. Uh, my wife and I, a friend that I've known for almost 20 years, and, uh, and a friend that had, well, put a lot of time and energy into his 50th birthday. And as soon as I sat down at uh, the larger table, I realized it was a little larger group uh, than I had anticipated. Uh, and I made a bad mistake. Instead of sitting down, uh, I should have stood up. 
and walked back, got in my car, and drove back uh, to my house. Now, you can quibble about the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera, but the spirit of what I'm preaching all the time uh, was contradicted, and I got to own that. And so I want to apologize to you uh, because I need to preach and practice, not just preach and not practice. And I've done my best to do that. Does that guy just drip scumbag, or is it just me? I love, I love the beginning of it too. Before he gets to the apology, it's well. I mean, the guy put a lot of time into it. I mean, I've known him for years, so obviously I was gonna go. I, 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 I these politicians, man. And none of them do. You remember Nancy Pelosi? You remember the whole Nancy Pelosi thing when she got busted in the salon after she'd spent months scolding everybody about wearing a mask, no, you can't go to salon, and somebody releases the security tape of her just traipsing on through the salon, no mask whatsoever. Lori Lightfoot, uh, mayor of Chicago, you have to go home. You can't go here. Close this. And then, of course, it's Biden rally time, and Lori Lightfoot's out there in the streets. Less than a week ago, you went out and stood before a massive crowd who was celebrating um, Joe Biden's victory. And now you're saying your city has to shut down. How do you have one and not the other? Well, look, I, I, I think that we've been saying all along, everybody has to take care. Everybody has to take precaution. I will tell you, in that big crowd a week ago, we had everybody was wearing masks. Look at you can see the shot here. Um, mask compliance in our city is actually up very, very high. But yes, there are times when we actually do need to have a relief and come together. And I felt like that was one of those times. That crowd was gathered whether I was there or not. I love, there's, boy, these people, politicians, I'm telling you. Can you see from the video, everyone was wearing a mask, except her, <laughs> except the one with the microphone. Gosh, I'll tell you what. All right, listen to me. Home title theft is a very big deal. A very, very big deal. And I'm having a hard time getting this through to people because you haven't heard of it before. Take it from me. I've been presented with my home title with my signature and my wife's signature forged on it. I, I didn't, I couldn't even wrap my mind around what I was seeing. I, I, did, did we sell the house and I didn't realize it? It's easy for these guys. And if they do that to you, if they get your home title, take some 10 minutes, hack and get your home title and forge your signature on it, they're going to take a loan out against your home and you're going to have to pay it back. A big loan. Unless you have HomeTitleLock.com because they detect any tampering and stop it immediately. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up. Don't forget to use the code RADIO that gets you 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Joining us now from the Independent Women's Forum, former Congresswoman and Dr. Nan Hayworth. Doctor, isn't that cool to be able to tell people you're a doctor? I, I would have that. I would tell everybody that. People complain when doctors use that title. That's all I would use. I wouldn't even use my first name anymore. <laughs> you know, Jesse, I used to tell my patients to call me Nan. So, you know, I'm, I'm privileged to have earned that degree and uh, grateful to have had the opportunity to put it to use. Nan, tell me why Nancy Pelosi keeps going back as Speaker of the House. I mean, I think I know. I think it's just because she raises a boatload of money for the party, but I'm not even trying to be mean. That's clearly yeah. not a good spokesman for the party. As Speaker of the House, you're going to have 8,000 TV interviews. That's just the nature of the position. This is not a this is not a likable person and that is me being very very nice and yet she goes back all the time why well jesse number one uh, perceptive and right as always it is the money that keeps her in place she raises a ton of money and she is able to make a lot of friends that way and that means uh, almost everything in uh, political ascent uh, so there's that. Uh, why is she their representative uh, in public? Well, look at the crew they have, Jesse. Uh, how many really compelling uh, or uh, persuasive or charming, beguiling people do they have on their side? They really don't. They're the party of bad ideas, Jesse. So they might as well have them articulated by 
the woman with the most money and power. Are they facing a future of AOC and Ayanna Presley and Ilhan Omar? I, the, look, those seem like the fresh young faces of the party. They, I don't know how long they hold them off. Is that really their future? Or are they, I mean, are they going to wake up? Well, again, you know, when you look across their caucus, uh, unfortunately, people who are driven by philosophy that really isn't a winning uh, philosophy for, I, I think, the majority of the country. Uh, you know, they they can easily become dominated by uh, this. You know, these are four young, energetic women. Say what you want about them, and certainly I do. Uh, but in terms of their charisma, you know, they seem to have it uh, from the from the political energy standpoint. Uh, and they bring along a lot of young people who don't understand what it's like to pay taxes or take uh, full responsibility for your life in every possible way. Uh, and Democrats tend to like that kind of malleable voters. So they use the squad for that. And apparently the squad now has three new like-minded members coming along. So that'll be a squad of seven. Woohoo! Oh, gosh, jeez. What, Nan? Yes. Uh, I want to ask you about the election, and this pains me because I wasn't going to ask you about the election, but it just occurred to me. We're talking about Congress. There wasn't some blue wave. In fact, in a lot of ways, if you take away the top of the ticket, there was a red wave, not just gaining seats in Congress, in the state houses across the country. This, these state legislatures went red. A lot of these places went red, which yes. does mean whatever fraud was involved or not, we're still figuring that out. It does mean... People went in there and they checked the box for a Republican here and a Republican there and checked the box for Joe Biden. Why? Yeah. I, you know, Jesse, honestly, um, I'm not sure. I don't think that, that ticket splitting is necessarily what we're talking about uh, in these states in which there's this margin that seems to have kept growing for Joe Biden uh, and put him over the edge. Uh, it seems to have been primarily uh, single votes for the president only. Uh, and to give you an example, in Georgia, uh, I think there were 818 votes uh, for president only that went for President Trump, but 95,000 that went for Joe Biden only. So that just, that does seem like an anomalous statistic, but I don't think there was necessarily all that much ticket splitting. But let's let's say even if there was, I still do think very strongly that President Trump's amazing accomplishments, whatever you think of his way of saying things, uh, if you know, his aesthetics, his accomplishments drove this wave, made Republicans sexy again in a sense, you know, because it, because he, he really managed to prove that that policy works, you know, the the economy alone. I mean, that's that's an amazing accomplishment. And then when you combine that with what the Democrats are doing uh, to do everything wrong, to present bad ideas in a scary way, defund the police, uh, we want to take away uh, your right to educate your children as you see fit in terms of school choice. You know, there's an awful lot of negative things that Democrats represent that Joe Biden, uh, through his basement approach, managed to avoid representing. So I think that's probably where the, you know, any kind of differential comes in. That's why I asked the question, Nan, because I can't, I can't, look, even if you are the most sensitive, feely voter in the history of mankind and you don't like the tweets and you don't like this, I, I get that. But yeah. the accomplishments over four years, I look, you can hate Donald Trump. It's not like I worship the guy. That is an awesome four years of a presidency. And not only do we have that, we had this absolute idiot running against him who did nothing and didn't even campaign well and can't campaign well. And yet, even if he didn't lose fair and square, he lost. And I can't, I still can't wrap my mind around what I saw and what happened here, Nan. That's what I'm trying to get to. What did I see? What happened? Was it just fraud? Uh, Jesse, personally, I have seen enough evidence of many different types uh, in terms of data analyses by independent scientists, uh, in terms of eyewitness reports, in terms of 
what we are learning about the vulnerabilities of election software, and certainly in the case of Dominion and Smartmatic, software that has been used uh, for a couple of decades to overturn democratic elections in Venezuela and perhaps other places. I, I do feel that President Trump uh, did win uh, the presidential vote as well. Uh, whether that can be uh, proven to the satisfaction of legal authorities um, remains to be seen. But in my heart of hearts, I really don't think President Trump lost this election. And I, I do uh, have a great sympathy for him as a, as a, I mean, a, a great affinity for him as a leader. Um, I do like him as well as a person, uh, but but objectively, I I don't think he lost this, uh, and I do think we need to reform our election, uh, our election laws, and uh, uh, you know, assure integrity, ensure integrity, which we're not now. Nan, what do we want the government to do in a perfect world? Nan is in charge now. What do we want the government to do with big tech? I, I don't want government involved in businesses of any kind. At the same time, I don't know how we can sit by and watch leftists take over yet another avenue of information out there. It'd be like giving them control of the phone lines. So what's somebody like me supposed to think? You know, Jesse, the, the argument that I've heard that's most persuasive is uh, to uh, require big tech to follow the same kind of fairness standards that broadcasters have to, you know, equal time standards. Um, and I think that would uh, help a lot because they are, uh, you know, they are the public square. And so I think you do have to have, I agree with you. I would rather, I'm a libertarian. I would rather not regulate any of these things. If a site wants to host certain types of content and not others, fair enough. Uh, but, you know, a, a, a fairness doctrine probably would be a reasonable, uh, you know, middle of the road solution. Oh, and if I were uh, running all of government, I would say, great, let's take out that magnificent document called the Constitution and let's go back to limiting the federal government to what the Constitution said it should do, which will really help a lot because then it'll take an awful lot of that money out of the federal government. Most of it, in fact, and put it back in the hands of citizens and states where it belongs. Now, why don't you run for office again? Not that I don't appreciate the Independent Women's Forum. Everybody knows I do. But why don't you run for office again? We need you back. You know, just, yeah. Uh, it, thank you. That's a very kind compliment. I have been asked by numerous friends. Um, in my district, it would not be a practical thing to do. And also, I have been so forthright in recent years about my attitude about the entitlements, which I think do not belong at all at the federal level, uh, that, you know, yes, <laughs> and, and I hold to that with uh, all my might. Uh, but as a political position, that's almost impossible uh, to, uh, to run on. And certainly you can't represent seniors most of the time uh, with that kind of position. They would not accept it. Man, does that speak poorly of where we are heading? She's right, but boy, that is dark. Nan Hayworth, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you always, Jesse. Real privilege. All right, we'll be back. Joining me now, GOP strategist and former Nevada State GOP chairwoman, Amy Tarkanian. Amy, let me ask you something about state GOP politics. Did you find it a struggle, even as somebody who was obviously, you know, quite the riser there, did you find it a struggle to get people involved in state politics? I've been frustrated trying to get through to people how important state and local politics actually is. Sure. Yes, I did on multiple levels because I don't think many voters understand the, the different roles that the state party politics play versus the legislatures. Um, the fact that we are the ones who help get those who want to legislate elected and that there are different um, party activities that are involved um, in order to do so. People don't really grasp that. And a lot of times you hear them say, well, I would just donate directly to the candidate, which is fine. It's understandable if someone doesn't quite understand the process. But for the state party, I mean, really, our role is just strictly to fundraise, get out the vote, and do voter registration. And all three of those should help the entire ticket from top to bottom 
be successful as much as possible. I have been telling people this, that most people don't realize their precinct, you know, their, their precinct probably meets. The precinct Republicans in their area probably meet. They don't know that there is a meeting, let alone where this meeting is. How would you, you're the expert yeah. on it, I'm not, tell somebody to get involved? People wake up today, they're anxious, they're stressed out. Joe Biden, don't like where the culture is going. What's step one? Because I feel like it feels insurmountable to people, so they just wash their hands of it. Sure. Well, I actually think that it should go the other way around. I think that the local representations, the local county parties, along with their state parties, should actually do a better job at their communication skills. We now have so much tangible, you know, we've got Twitter, we've got Snapchat, we've got Instagram, we have Facebook. Um, we still have massive email lists. Um, go ahead, if you have some money left over, put out a mass mail piece, letting people know what your schedule may look like in the upcoming you know six months so that way people can plan ahead um, i know that we still have phone numbers that that can be used and you can reach people that way introduce yourself in person um, have people go door to door do mail drops uh, so that way people understand you know what is going on exactly because word of mouth doesn't seem to always work best you can't assume that everyone understands what's going on and what the options are i know that there are people who attend more of social gatherings and you have the women's republican luncheons that people go to but maybe they don't attend their state central committee meetings because they don't know how to become a state central committee member so i think if you have all of that listed out there for people to easily attain, I think that's that would be very helpful. Tell me about the Nevada GOP, the Nevada political machine in general, because each state has a unique political machine, and we hear so many things out there right now post-election about Nevada, of course. Every, everything was fraudulent, nothing was fraudulent. Uh, yeah. What's real and what's not from your experience there? Well, nothing is perfect, and the Democrats have ran a very well-oiled machine for quite some time in the state of Nevada. Uh, the only state constitutional officer that we have on the Republican side happens to be our Secretary of State, ironically enough. Um, but there have been at least five unsuccessful lawsuits filed by the Trump campaign, and um, the current GOP, uh, I believe, in, the, in Nevada, actually have been struggling with fundraising outside of having Trump's help. So I'm not sure how successful they're going to be if Trump is not reelected. I really believe that the Trump administration, um, they are the ones who have been the boots on the ground. They are the ones who have enthused donors, um, not the state GOP itself. Ooh, so uh, did we see that effect in other places of this country? Uh, did we see the Trump... Trump overtaking regular GOP encouragement? Because I, I, I get this feeling a lot of regular establishment GOP types think now that Trump's gone, things will go back to normal. And I think they're not realizing he's more popular than any of them are by a mile. Sure. And I think one of the perfect examples is to see the number of women who actually ran for federal office and actually won, you know, despite, despite them the mainstream media telling us how much women hated President Trump. Well, that's honestly, it's not true. And now that we see that a number of those women, as they're giving their interviews, what was their why? Their why was because they are mothers. They are grandmothers. They wanted to help fight along President Trump's side and bring this economy back to where it was prior to COVID. So that is very hopeful that a number of Republican women have actually stepped up into those roles. Okay. What is our future as a party, I'm worried about our coalition going forward, and this is why I'm worried. I'm worried about the white working class. I know you're not allowed to talk about them anymore. Everything has to be about this or about that. But the white working class are people that matter just as much as anyone else. And I'm thrilled we made gains. As you said, we have women elected. We have black people who, that, have, that have come out for Donald Trump more than ever. The Latino community was awesome. All that's good. But that didn't do us any good if we're losing white working class people by five points. We're never going to win again. What happened there? Sure. Sure. I mean, that, that's a very, um, I mean, matter of fact conversation we're going to have to have. And uh, I think the fact that we've got somebody like Vice President Biden, um, who's now looking at filling certain cabinet positions, 
with possible socialists. That would be a very important conversation, I think, to have with the American um, white worker, the blue collar worker, um, to maybe help them better understand where socialism or communism would actually take them and their money, whatever money they have left over, and how it would be divvied up among everyone as opposed to just going home to their children. Okay, so moving forward, who is going to be, I mean, uh, let's assume for a moment, and let's hope this isn't true, but let's assume we are going to have four years of Joe Biden, or as many years as he can actually last there. What can we stop? What can we accomplish with the numbers we're looking at in the House? Looks like, hopefully, Lord willing, we're going to have control of the Senate. I realize we can mm -hmm. stop major things, but he still has, he still has the power of the presidency. Sure. Sure, and he can he can you know throw out whatever executive order he'd like. Um, he's already talked about putting us back in the pa Paris Climate Accord. He's already you know talked about oh. um, the fact that uh, he wants to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars, which is going to just continue to crush small businesses. We'll never be able to bounce back. Um, I mean, there's a number of things where. Fortunately, like you mentioned, Republicans will have the Senate and we'll be able to tell the Congress, you know, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to sit this one out. Why is Nancy Pelosi, of all people, how, how do you think she's going to work with Joe Biden? I understand they probably hate each other. That's just the nature of power politics. Do you think there's going to be butting heads there? Because I had this thought. She's been the only powerful voice of Democrats for two years. She's run things. Now she don't run things anymore. This is not a woman who responds well to things like that. Are they going to be okay? <laughs> well, she's still trying to hold that gavel. So we'll, we'll see what ends up um, when it's time for a full vote. We do know that at least 10 of those Democrats that would have to vote for her to become speaker once again voted against her the last go around. So if she loses... If she loses, I think it's at least a half dozen Democrats, she's not going to be the speaker. And I think she's, you know, she wants to sit there and talk about the president, you know, not conceding and kicking and screaming, being pulled out of the White House. I think we're going to see the exact same behavior, misbehavior from Speaker Pelosi. I think the fact that people were hoping to replace her um, in the very beginning um, when they found out that uh, they had lost all of those House seats was a bit of a pipe dream, thinking that she was just going to happily hand over the baton to somebody who might be younger or a fresher voice. There's no way that woman's going to go away peacefully. And she's an incredible fundraiser, whether if you agree with her politically or not. I think the establishment would uh, also probably hold on pretty tightly to her with the way that she can fundraise. Amy Tarkanian, that was outstanding. Thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Thank you. I still think it's bizarre that Pelosi wants to stay. Who wants to stay at that age? Don't you have, don't you have a hobby? You're old and rich, and you can take your private jets anywhere in the world. What do you want to go to Congress for? What do you get out of that at that age? Every day, a camera stuck in your face, a microphone, those brutal State of the Union speeches. You thought those hour-long speeches were bad under Trump. Can you imagine what they're going to be like under Joe Biden? It's going to be a snooze fest. At the same time, we're going to have a lot of fun with it on this show. All right. I'm not going to get distracted. We have a lot of cool stuff. You're going to have to see this juggling. Hang on. I have this weird thing in that I have great hands. I catch absolutely everything, everything, and yet I can't juggle. My hand-eye coordination is fine, and I can catch, but I can't juggle. So I almost didn't play you this cool video just out of resentment, but please enjoy. Vámonos de mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Hey. Mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Vámonos de mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Mambo, mambo, timba, timba. Ya, ya, mambo, 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 timba. That's amazing. Those jerks. I'll see you tomorrow.
your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.